This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Back here, betting the ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. Monzo and Malusis with you, and another weekend is here. We are another weekend closer to the Kentucky Derby, the first Saturday in May. Moose and another prep race, prep race for us this week, and we are going yeah. down to Tampa, one of our favorite tracks. There is the Tampa Bay Derby later uh, in a few weeks, but the first prep race at Tampa is the Sam F. Davis. A couple of good horses in that race. We got a couple of stakes races to go over. But first, Moose. How are things going? Things are uh, you're looking good. I got the beard back. I can see. I do. Yeah. Well, you were a big proponent of the beard. I was. You liked it, so uh, I'm growing it back just for you. Just for me, a special request, huh? Just for yeah. I mean, yeah. My wife barely talks to me, so it's got to be for somebody. Well, someone's got to respond to those texts. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, it's good to see you, Mons. You look like you're in good spirits. Uh, so I'm glad uh, we're going to be talking some ponies this week, and we got three races to take a look at. Uh, you know, last week, you know, a couple of good races again, and uh, on point for a few of them, off point for a few of them. That's what makes the game challenging and fun. And uh, Tampa's an interesting track because, like, you talk about, like, Monmouth Park, and historically it's a speed track. You talk about, uh, you know, Belmont's. It's a pretty, you know, it's a fair track. A lot of closers in that track. California speed. I've never felt as though there was a bias at Tampa. Have you ever noticed it playing to a certain way? Um, did I? No, not really. I mean, I I do think it's hard to come from way off the pace. Um, I do think that uh, you look at it. I, I think you want to try and be a little bit more forwardly placed. Uh, I think the grass races are a little bit more even. Um, and even playing surface. But, I mean, you don't see horses coming from out of nowhere to win at Tampa, um, from my experience. And I'm not telling you I'm watching every single race at Tampa uh, on a day-in, day-out basis when their meet is opened up. But um, I would like – I'd rather be a little bit more forwardly placed when I'm, when I'm taking a look at the races, especially when you're looking at on the dirt surface. Have you ever seen the video, and I think there's a few of them, of – the occasion that an alligator gets on the track during a race? No, I haven't seen that. There's video that you know an alligator you know comes out of the, the lake within Tampa, and I was just in Florida living there, and they're all over the place. Doesn't matter the season. Um, an interesting aspect of Tampa. Isn't that a little scary though? I would think so. Yes, I would think if, if you're a rider, that's that's an obstacle you're not looking for. Is that something you're concerned about with your family? I know you were in the greater Orlando area and going to Disney and stuff like that, but did, when you pass by like open water, were you ever concerned about alligators? Maybe like the first day or two, and then you you see what kind of alligators are in those communities, and they're like two feet. They're like nothing that could do much to you. Now, there are bigger ones, but they're not at least where I was. Um, I had I did see bigger ones floating in ponds, 
that were not around houses, just kind of on highways. Um, yes, those are certainly intimidating, but you know, it, it, they don't, they don't bother you. I mean, there's truth to that. I mean, if you live down there, you're used to it. You don't even think about it. You don't swim in the ponds and the lakes. That's the bottom line. That's, that's how you kind of live. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a pond swimmer or a lake swimmer either. I just get a little ner- bit nervous about walking near the water. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go dip your toes in. I wouldn't walk a dog near there or anything like that. But no, I mean, it's not one of those things where I was down there. I was like afraid of the water. I just you know, wasn't taking chances. But you see a lot of them. I sent you some pictures of them. And there's a couple of them. The bigger ones that I saw were like two or three feet. Nothing I felt was a danger to me. More like they were the babies, if anything, and, which makes you think it's the moms around somewhere. But, uh, you know, but I have seen videos at Tampa where there are, you know, occasionally an alligator makes its way to the track. And I think there was a race last year where it happened during a race and the riders had to avoid it. So I'll try and find that YouTube clip and send it to you. I never saw that. Never saw that. But that's, that would scare me. But I'd be on a horse, so I would hopefully not, not be all that concerned. I could leap over the alligator, right? <laughs> well, speaking of leaping over alligators, we'll talk about But I don't know how many horses, if I were on their back, would be leaping over anything. <laughs> that's true. Right. <laughs> Diving right into it. Right, exactly. Just moose off my back. We're going to start with race five at Tampa. We have a good sequence of three good stakes races, including the rated event later on. The fifth at at Saturday is the Sun Coast, which is a mile and uh, just a little mile, mile and 40 yards for three-year-old fillies. And a field of of six going postward here, including a really short favorite, Live Talk, three to five on the morning line, um, who's done a lot of good things uh, and is really coming off a, a really solid performance running back at Aqueduct in the slop and uh, ran relatively well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, very solid in the Frisette. I know this field maybe isn't overwhelmingly challenging. I thought three to five was a little short on a horse that hasn't been dominant in her field, in her class. No, she hasn't been, but does that necessarily mean that she won't be dominant on Saturday uh, going up against this field? I I think there's only one other horse. If you're going to pick somebody against the three to five shot and – you know, if you're a horse player, you don't you're not making money if you're betting three to five or two to five shots across the country. Um, I looked at Power Squeeze at five to two on the morning line. I think that's the only way and the only other way you would go. Uh, Delgado, Centeno, Danny Centeno aboard. Um, you look at it. The, the big thing is a projection here. The race on January first at Gulfstream Park, where he went a mile, or she went a mile, I should say, um, in the cash run. Uh, with Irad Ortiz, is is that a, a is that a sign of things to come, or um, was that kind of just uh, uh, she was feeling good that day? Because there was no nothing previously as a two year old that you thought that she was going to run that fast. Uh, you know, buyer speed figures were fifty one sixty three forty nine. Fired out with the eighty two January first. I don't worry about the bounce because I think she's been given enough time off. Uh, she's a daughter of Union Rags out of an awesome again mare. So I would not think that a mile and a 40 yards or the stretch out is going to be any issue whatsoever. It is Jorge Delgado training. Um, I'll take a shot against Life Talk, um, thinking that, you know, she's really talented. Uh, We've seen two-year-olds. We've seen two-year-olds that all of a sudden blossom at three-year-olds. And we've also seen seen two-year-olds that, all of a sudden come back as a three-year-old and they're not as fast as a two-year-old. So 
I'll take a shot where I look at the breeding. Uh, I think screams two turns. Uh, I look at the breeding. I don't think distance should be an issue. Um, the buyer speed figure last race, I think, puts her in the mix. Uh, I understand, and I think she's this obviously the second most likeliest winner of this race. I would never bet Life Talk at three to five. I'm going to take a shot with Power Squeeze at five to two in race five on Saturday. Uh, the two race five on Saturday at Tampa. Well, you know me well enough at this point that I'm certainly going to take a shot elsewhere. Um, and I'm going to go all the way to the outside. Gorgeous girl, 10 to 1 in the morning line. I uh, looked at, at the debut last year. You know, showed some early speed with Paco Lopez, faded a Mammoth Park. Next out, next out winner at 5 to 1. Didn't love the turf at all going a mile and a 16th at Laurel. Uh, gets a little bit of a breather. Comes back uh, in December at Tampa at 6.5. Runs really, really, you know, relatively well. Improves next time out uh, in the Gasparilla. I think this horse is looking for a mile. I think the pedigree shows that. You know, the trainer is winning at uh, 23%. The rider is winning at 24%. The buyer speed figures are getting better. I think the horse is improving. And I think with an improvement, if this buy, you know, she can certainly, uh, you know, get her speed figures up 10 points, which is asking a lot. But I, you know, I think she'll be able to navigate her trip. Going back to what you said earlier in her podcast, I think she'll be sitting close. I think at 10 to 1. I think it's worth taking a shot. You know, I'm certainly going to use life talk and, and power squeeze and kind of work those three around the triple. But if I'm taking a shot on a horse that's 10 to 1, uh, out of Liam's map, Gorgeous Goal will be my top pick in this race. Just, you know, just looking again, it's it's a term that you used a lot um, last week. I'm kind of just, you know, taking a shot, you know, maybe um, – I'm forgetting the word you used. What was the word you used a lot last week and you used it earlier? Projection. Uh, projecting. I'm projecting a little bit, thinking this is an approving horse against a field that hasn't done a whole lot and I'm getting some good odds on a horse, you know, a horse for the course. Because I think Tampa is one of those tracks where if you have experience at the track, it actually helps you. So Gorgeous Girl certainly does. Yeah. That. Just one more note on that. I find it interesting when you look at the one who could ask for Mo, uh, McGahee, uh, Sammy Camacho rode her daughter of Uncle Mo last race at Tampa in a maiden special weight 32K, won that by distance, but was odds on that day. Uh, now Tyler Gaffleone hops on a board. Camacho lands on your top pick. I'm going to sprinkle who could ask for more for Mo underneath. Um, out of a Bernardini mare, uh, Uncle Mo on top. Um, I know maybe a little bit cheap, didn't win at 85K at Aqueduct, won at Tampa, maybe a little bit of a horse for course when you look at her. Uh, I'll use her a little bit at 6-1 to one on the morning line because McGay, he's one of those trainers, as you know, Brian, um, we're both big Shug fans. He's not going to put any of his horses in a spot that they don't feel like they deserve. So I think it says something that she arrives here and she's 6-1 to one on the morning line and they put Gaffleone up aboard. Race 7, Tampa, Saturday. Uh Six furlongs, that's the Minaret, which is a stakes event. Phillies and Mayors, four years old and upward. Uh, six furlongs, so we are looking at a sprint here. Good field here. Your morning line favorite is going to be Chi-Town Lady, 5-2 to on the morning line. Wesley Ward, Tyler Gaffleone. Um, some good horses in this field. A lot of speed, too. A little bit to the outside and the inside as well. Uh, who do you like? Where'd you land? I went with Riley Mott's horse unifying four to one on the morning line. Junior Alvarado aboard second race off the layoff, coming off a, a third place finish in the Rampart at, at Rampart at Gulfstream Park. Well traveled. I mean, ran it. It was more Midwestern based last year. Churchill, Oaklawn, and Ellis. Um, 
you know, is run East Coast side. Buyer speed figures are ascending, 82, 87, 82. Second race off the uh, the layoff, as I mentioned. Um, I think the workouts have been good. Um, and I also think is going to be is going to be a little bit more forwardly placed. If you look at the races that she has won, um, you know she sat fourth, third lengths, third, uh, two lengths off the pace. Uh, go back three races, she ran an eighty-two buyer speed figure. She won a uh, fifth, three and a half lengths, fourth, two and a half lengths off the race, and then made her run into the stretch. Obviously, um, you look at it; it's a cutback in distance from a mile now to six furlongs at the distance. Uh, she's never finished out of the money at six furlongs, two for four, four to one on the morning line. I'm going to go with Riley Mott unifying in race seven at Tampa. Yeah, we're, we're on the same horse here. And I do think I would, I, I do have a feeling that unifying is going to go off as the favorite um, just because there's a lot of things that make sense. The the race flow, there's a ton of speed to the outside of this horse. Dreaming of snow likes to be on this, on the lead lady Rattler. Um, Flag Woman's been on the lead. Poema's been on the lead. Even the Holiday Decision, who may not be as fast as some of these horses, certainly um, not a good Samaritan has shown speed in the past. So I think Unifying's going to be able to sit the trip she's looking for. I don't think she's going to be that far back, as you mentioned. I think she might be sitting a length or two off. But, you know, if they're flying up front, she's certainly shown the ability to make that move. And um, Alvarado has been money when it comes to making moves like that. We've seen him do it with horses like Casa Creed. So, you know, and you look at Shy Town Lady. You know, a lot of foundation, ten races, runs well. The connection makes the connections certainly make a lot of sense, but just hasn't run a lot. You know, ran a lot early in her career. A lot of breaks in her running. I know. You look. I mean, she's run you know twice since November of 2022. Tough for me to take her at a short price at five to two. Uh, Dream Concert, another horse that's shown some speed. So I think if you're looking strictly at race flow, something we talk a lot about in this podcast. I think the race flow really benefits unifying in this race. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would use – I think if Dream Concert gets into kind of a, a test, I think she's shown you that she's got a lot of fight in the lane. Um, you know, three for four at the distance. Um, experience at Tampa. Five times has run there. Has finished first or second uh, on four of those occasions. Uh, experience at the distance. Uh, it's Kathleen O'Connell. It's Colorado uh, aboard. Uh, workouts have been okay. Nothing spectacular. Um, I just like the cutback going from a mile and a 16th now to six furlongs on Saturday. Uh, I like the fight that she shows in the lane as well. I think she's going to be forwardly placed, something we were talking about before earlier on in the podcast, not all that long ago about, you know, having horses are a little bit more forwardly placed in Tampa. She doesn't need the lead uh, in order to impact it. So my top two picks are on the inside um, in race seven. I'm going to go with the four. I'm going to go with the three on top, unifying it four to one, and then the one underneath, uh, Dream Concert, three to one on the morning line. Top of the stretch moves, getting close to the Kentucky Derby. A lot of Derby prep races. We'll get into each and every one of them as we get closer. We're going to focus in on the Sam F. Davis, a grade three event, a mile and a 16th on the Tampa Dirt Moose. And a pretty stocked up field here. I'm not sure there's any superstars in this field, but the horses that come out of Tampa usually run well when it comes down to Later in the, the three-year-old campaigns, there's a destined year Tampa Bay Derby winner, almost win the Belmont Stakes. So um, certainly a lot of opportunities here to look for a horse, maybe a shot, a long shot to, to connect in the Kentucky Derby. Um, and a couple of horses for a lot of trainers that we like, Shug, Todd Pletcher going in this race. Your morning line favorite is change of command for Shug and Gehi and your second choice. Zaga rode a horse that we've seen previously running on the turf exclusively, makes the move over to the dirt. 
trying to get on the path to Kentucky Derby. Todd Pletcher, Jose Ortiz on board. Pretty good field here. I do think I think it's a really good betting race. First off, your morning line favorites three to one. Your second choice is seven to two. Um, a lot of double-digit horses in this race. A lot of double-digit horses that I think have a chance to win. Were you able to get off the top two or look elsewhere, or did you really just like Shug's horse? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Shug's horse. I'm curious, did you go with your – a horse I thought you might like, but I wasn't sure. I was just curious because I had a bullet workout last race. Did you like no more time? Uh, no, I do like – I'm assuming that horse, guessing by the name, is out of not this time, which is true. No, I went all the way to the outside, all the way to the outside for Bill Mott, and that's Elysian Meadows, um, an improving two-year-old, improving three-year-old now, really improved as a two-year-old. Um, buyer speed figures got better. I liked a little bit of rest here. I don't think Mott's putting this horse into the race unless he thinks he's got a chance. I had a City of Light who did a lot of good things. I like the post. I like the speed figures. I like the fact they're getting better. I like the fact that uh, the horse sat up close, the horse rated in the past. Um I think at 15 to one, and I might be wrong about that. Yeah. 15 to one in a field like this, where there's a lot of uncertainty, you're getting a horse drawing to the outside who kind of has control of where they want to go. And I think that's going to be a little bit closer up. I'm going to take a chance here. This horse is undefeated two for two. I don't mind the stretch out. I think the, the pedigree suggests it's going to be fine. We're not looking at a mile and an eighth and a mile and a quarter. I'm not saying this is a Kentucky Derby horse, but a mile and a 16th on the Tampa dirt. At 15 to 1, Mott Alvarado on a horse with a lot of talent. I'll take a chance. 15 to 1 in the morning line, Alicia Meadows. Yeah. I, listen, I love Mott. You know that. And, he, and Junior Alvarado has had a ton of winners for him. So um, I get that. I, I get taking a shot at 15 to 1. I don't know. I fell in love with a pick this race. And um, I picked him in his last race and it was on the turf. I, I fell in love with the six. A gate road at seven to two on the morning line for Todd Pletcher and Jose Ortiz. You might say, well, why why'd you fall in love with them? For a couple different reasons. Number one is um, the you know, gemologist and quality road, the breeding. Uh, they paid six hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this horse. It's not like he's embarrassed himself um, on the grass at all. You know, finished fifth, beat by two and a half lengths in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Uh, won the Pilgrim. Uh, Denai, uh, the Denia Beach at Gulfstream Park picked him that day. Um, didn't end up winning that race. Uh, finished second, beaten by a length and a half. There's obviously, and they spent a lot of money on him. And it's Rapoli and St. Elias Stable. Uh, Jose Ortiz hops on for his brother, Irad. Uh, there's a reason why they think he's going to take to the they're going to take to the dirt. Now you want to go all the way back and you say, all right, well, look at his run August 5th at Saratoga. It was a race that was washed off the turf, but the turf, but the track was fast when it went post time. He ran a 60 buyer speed figure, beaten second, beaten by a nose. And that was his first race of his career. Um, I think he's going to run really well Saturday. And you might not get seven to two. He might be three to one. He might be five to two. Um, I think there's something, uh, you know, I, I, I just think that you look at the breeding, you look at the fact that Jose Ortiz, you look at the human connections and it's Rapoli and it's Pletcher. You look at the fact he moves turf to dirt. Uh, you look at the, the, um, the training, uh, and the workouts have been solid. Uh, that's where I went to in our, in our, you know, pick of the day. Uh, I landed on the, the six at gate road at seven to two on the morning line. Yeah, I mean, I 
Mike, my, I, you know, it's just always tough for me to take a horse. Now, I know the horse ran in the slop early in the career. It's just tough for me to, to love a horse that's kind of doing something for the first time, and that is routing on the dirt. That doesn't mean the horse can't do it. Pedigree suggests um, it's not going to be an issue. Uh, that was really my only – I'm certainly going to use the horse underneath. I'm probably going to key the horse on top as well. Certainly my second choice. Just, uh, you know, just looking for a little value. But I like everything you said. Um, I thought Ron exceptionally well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, you know, only losing by two lengths, ran well in the Pilgrim, certainly won that race, and really solid last out in the, in the uh, Dania Beach. So a uh, lot to like there. Yeah, I would, I would, also, use, I would also use your, your pick, Elysian Meadows. Um, another horse I would use underneath would be the Seven, who's breaking to the outside of a gate road, which is Copper Tax. Um, you know, coming off a little bit of a disappointing performance um, in his last race, which was the Remsen, uh, which was a grade two event December 2nd at Aqueduct, had a break since then, um, has one run well fresh in the past. And the buyer speed figures, if you go back, uh, fit where this horse is, uh, has had a little bit of a break at a copper bullet, uh, which is a more than ready sire. Uh, Marquez for Gary Capuano aboard. You go back to the last workout down in Laurel. Uh, two workouts back January 23rd, firing the bullet, uh, a mile and 145. How many times do you see those kind of workouts out of there? So they're looking to get a little bit more foundation. The horse has more experience at five furlongs, five and a half, six furlongs, then had the mile and a half Remsen. Question would be is, is he a sprinter or can he get the distance? They're obviously going to try him getting the distance one more time. Uh, I'll do that dance with him. I'll use him underneath. I don't think he can win the race. I wouldn't use him on top, but I think Copper Tax um is intriguing when you're looking at at him at five to one on the morning line i do like change of command adding blinkers i think that makes a lot of sense and you know if shug's making equipment change he's, he's feeling good about a horse so i uh, think about copper tax too likes to win does oh i can see i can see you certainly using that horse moose best luck with your picks this week i give you one bonus pick i look forward to that all right i want to give you a pick it in race eight at tampa uh, which is uh, six furlongs on the uh, on the dirt. Little Vic, the six at six to one on the morning line. Olivero and Avia, uh, that is your jockey and trainer combination. I think he's sneaky at six to one on the morning line. We've seen Little Vic run um, up here in the Northeast. Goes down south, six to one. Um, Nakatomi for Gaffleone Award. It's going to be a take a, a lot of beating at nine to five on the morning line. I understand. I'm intrigued, kind of for beer and pizza money. Little Vic, the six in race eight at Tampa on Saturday. Moose, one of the first podcasts we've ever, we did, one of the first episodes of Ben and the Ponies, we picked the top four, and yours truly picked Little Vic in that. I day. know you did. I know you did. That's right. So, Little Vic making an appearance at a practical joke, one of our favorites. Um, look forward to that. I don't see the odds. The, what are the odds on Little Vic? Three to one. Little Vic is six to one. You know, another horse. Like Costa Creed doesn't get their respect on the odds board, so little Vic. No, he is. I'm trying to think. He is the third choice. Nakatomi's nine to five. Uh, Super Ocho is five to one. He's the fourth choice. Uh, Sibilis is three to one, and he's uh, six to one. Bonus pick for Moose in the Pelican race eight. Little Vic six to one on the morning line. That's exactly right. Let's go get it. Exactly right. Best of luck. We will. Uh, we will talk. Make sure you listen and subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your audio podcasts. And we will uh, continue to break down each and every one of the Kentucky Derby prep races, Moose. Um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing it throughout the course of the, the spring. 
um, and up until the first Saturday in May and through all the derby races in the all. So we appreciate everyone being there with us. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe, and uh, good luck with all your plays on Saturday. Bet in the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. We'll see. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.